Hey, this is Howard Jacobson, and I have been waiting for this interview for a long time. Um, ever since I first met uh, Carly Asse, Juan Carlos Asse, and I saw his movie Unsupersize Me, I have been trying to get on the phone to have a conversation with the star of Unsupersize Me, Tracy Ryan. Hello, Tracy. Hi, how are you? That's quite the introduction. <laughs> yeah, well, so we, we were just chatting before uh, before we, we turned on the recorder. You've just come back from a marathon. Right? Yes, I, I just flew back in from Washington, D.C. I completed the Marine Corps Marathon, and it was my first marathon, so it was quite the sense of accomplishment for sure. Wow. Can, can I ask about your time? Sure. It was uh, a very quick six hours and 54 minutes. Wow. <laughs> but I did it. So. <laughs> right. Well, I think there's, you know, the, the real answer to, to, like, you know, how did you do on the marathon? You either finished or you didn't, right? Right. Exactly. I didn't die. And, <laughs> and that was my goal, was to not die and to just finish it. So it was definitely um, something to accomplish, and I can cross that off on my bucket list now. Cool. So for people who don't know about you, you know, it's it's impressive, right, to run a marathon. Not everybody does that. But, you know, in context, lots of people do it. Um, but your your story is a little bit different. And so folks who've seen Unsupersize Me know what I'm talking about. But for everybody else, um, you know, you, you were you were not what you would call sort of a, a fit, healthy, athletic kid, right? Oh, no, not let's, at all. Let's, 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 let's give people a little background on your story. Well, I grew up in a household where we were all heavy. Um, clinically, we were, you know, obese, but we liked the term, you know, fat and happy and fluffy and big boned and all those other excuses out there. But um, a few years ago, I was 350 pounds, um, so and I definitely could not have run 10 feet, let alone 26 miles. So the sense of accomplishment for accomplishing a, a marathon was something that I never had in my mindset at all. So I lost uh, 200 pounds right as I was turning 30. It took me a year to do it, but it was part of the film project, and I felt better and better ever since. Okay, so um, you were 350 pounds, I guess, around the age of 29? Yes. And you'd you'd been roughly uh, that weight for how long? Oh, for quite some years, I, I you know, I had been heavier than that. Um, I never really got lower than that, but I was always a, a pretty fat child. You know, I, I was big. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in, in the movie, it's very poignant when you talk about what sort of limitations that put on your life. Uh, can you sh share a little bit of that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think that many people that are obese realize the limitations that they have just because it was something that I grew up with. It was my way of life. I always had to think about what cars I rode in because certain seatbelts didn't fit and traveling was out of the question for sure because you can't fly. And I knew which restaurants in town had larger booth sizes. I knew which ones had smaller ones. Um, I knew where I could go and what I could do. I had to buy, you know, bigger hangers to hold up my clothing. And just every single day I had daily, like, adaptations that I made into my life that was just second nature. It wasn't something that I regretted doing or that I didn't like doing. It was just a lot more work put into very basic things that 
it, I just did it every day, and I had no idea life could be so much easier until I started to lose the weight. Mm. Now, in in the in the film, and I'm 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 reading into into this because it really didn't go, go into into <laughs> your sort of the, the you know the deepest part of your of your soul. Um, even at the very beginning, you're you're cheerful, you're sort of energetic, you have a bubbly personality and uh, an easy smile. But I got the sense that underneath there was a great sadness. Would would you say that was accurate? Yeah. When when people ask me about the film, they ask, you know, what was some of the hardest things? Was it the workouts? Was it the diet restriction? And and none of that was all that difficult because I was seeing immediate positive results from that. The some of the toughest part was the emotional changes and the psychological development that goes along with losing that type of weight. It's very much like a big trauma that happens to you, and your way of thought has to completely change. I was a very active person. I was social. I had friends. Um, I was the fat, funny girl that would sit at the end of the bar, you know. <laughs> so I, I was by no means, you know, sitting at home crying every night, being sad. But in reality, I look back at that and I realize that that really larger-than-life bubbly personality covered up for, you know, the things that I was actually feeling. But I had buried them for so long that I that I no longer felt that way. I would do, you know, the funny jokes and I would make fun of myself for being fat. Well, in reality, I did that before somebody else could make fun of me because I had been made fun of when I was little. And, you know, you just, you get this way of life and this and this mental composure to you that covers up a lot of your actual feelings. So then as I was losing the weight, you know, certain things would hurt your feelings, and and it was a new feeling again. You're you, it's you know, it's hard to explain when you haven't let your feelings be exposed for a long time, and then you're kind of peeling back those layers on the onion, and getting in a little bit deeper, and then all of a sudden, you know, your feelings are hurt, and you're like, what is this? You know, what what is this feeling that I'm feeling? So, those were some of the biggest challenges that I had during the program. Mm. Now, I've I've never been you know much heavier i've you know i've been chubby at times but i don't have the same experience of of kind of weighing that much more than i do now but i'm i'm imagining that in some way the the weight was a form of emotional armor in the way that i have used other things as armor to to avoid feeling does does that feel accurate Oh, exactly. I mean, especially being um, a young female, I knew that I could go into a social situation and I knew that in particular guys were not going to, you know, quote unquote, check me out because I walked in at 350 pounds. So there was no pressure to have to look my best all the time, you know, and, and you know, so you, you kind of use that as a security blanket and a little bit of, you know, I mean, for lack of a better word, just safety net that it's okay. People aren't going to expect that much from me because I am so heavy. I, you know, I, I would re- remember when I would interview for jobs and things like that. People would have, I knew that people were looking at me immediately thinking I would be lazy or that I would complain about body aches and pains and not be able to keep up. So, you know, and it was just like, well, when I do start a job and I'm really good at it, then they're impressed and I can lower that security blanket a little bit. 
Mm. That makes any sense at all. I guess I'm, I'm I'm remembering an interview, and I can't remember the name of the actor. It was a a, a very uh, I think it was a heavy set woman on a, a show about lawyers. It, I think it, it might have been Ally McBeal or or a different yeah. one, um, where she got very upset when the the, the writer put a bowl of candy on her desk. Uh, and she said, "That's that's not how we do things, and, right. and just the expe- you know the workplace expectations that you know the 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 prejudices that we have about people who are very heavy that that, oh, it, that yeah. right there there must there must be a reason for it, and the reason has to be some sort of character flaw, right? Right, exactly. I I mean I I remember sitting in job interviews and. My office was up three flights of stairs, and the person interviewing me asked me if I was going to be okay going up three flights of stairs, you know. And I was, and in my head I'm thinking, yes, of course that's going to be okay, you know. But in reality, they saw me and they thought, oh, she's really heavy. She's probably going to be lazy. She's probably going to complain about back pain. She's probably going to be off of work a whole bunch because of being sick. So, And, and unfortunately, that is a very true stereotype that goes with being obese. So I would have to fight to get rid of all of those barriers and those stereotypes a lot with every job that I ever did um, to prove to them that I was a hard worker and that I, I could take three flights of stairs. Granted, I would need a breather at the top, but that I would do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so <laughs> definitely it, uh, a challenge at that time. It sounds like that there were some definite, you know, benefits, secondary gains for for being obese. For you, there were things that you had that you had to give up that were in some way positive. They allowed you to blend in. They allowed you to not have to prove yourself. Um, they gave you, you know, the, the the cushion of soft expectations that were that were pretty easy to overcome and wow people. Did you did you have to sort of let go and consciously mourn the loss of of any of those quote you know secondary gains? It wasn't as much mourning the loss of those, but more or less realizing that I had to change the way that I thought about myself. Um, I didn't have to try so hard to get people's attention anymore. You know, I didn't have to make up these big elaborate stories and, you know, people wanted to know me just for me, you know, and and I didn't have to try so hard to get attention from guys and I didn't have to work so hard to prove myself in the workplace and, People didn't have a preconceived knowledge of me thinking that I was going to be fat and lazy. So it it was more of just realizing I didn't have to try so hard. Life isn't that difficult anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when, you're, when you're heavy, life is difficult, but you don't even realize it. So you're used to every day fighting this battle when really you don't have to fight anything. You just have to live life and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So when you... When you um when you look at at photos of yourself and the you know the before photo uh mm-hmm. what what comes to mind for you right now it's um embarrassing for sure um i i believe that i had a little bit of a warped sense of self image because when i was heavy and i would look in the mirror i definitely did not see the person that was actually there i saw somebody you know, that was social and and active and pretty, and I did not see the person that was there. And now looking back at it, it's like, 
wow, how did how did I let myself get like that? That that's not good at all. So it it's more of an embarrassment than anything else and then it also makes you second guess how you're looking at yourself now. You know, if I was three hundred and fifty pounds and I looked in the mirror and saw a hundred and fifty pound girl, what am I seeing right now? Am I being realistic with, you know, my looks and my presentation and you know, am I viewing myself with a positive self image right now? Mm. So. And I'm wondering, I'm imagining you've gotten a lot of attention from strangers based on the popularity of the movie. <laughs> I have, but it, it's very motivating for sure. When I was running the Marine Corps Marathon, um, I run with a shirt, and on the back of my shirt it says, I lost 200 pounds. And the amount of just complete strangers that come up to you, you know, when your hamstring is cramping and your calf hurts and just every part of your body is having a hissy fit because you're running 26 miles and they would come up to you and they would be like, you're amazing, congratulations. And they're a complete stranger. They don't know what I did at all. They just know that I lost 200 pounds and it's so motivating and I like the people that especially read my shirt and then speed up and pass me because <laughs> I've inspired them to go faster and get past me. But <laughs> so. so do you think that is there any, you know, you said right now you maybe don't trust your own sense of your self-image because you you look back and see how untrustworthy it was when you weighed 350 pounds. Um, is is there a way that you, you may be relying too much on other people to to tell you who you are now, or do you feel like you've come to a uh, a kind of an, an easier place with your with your body and your self uh, identity? I think that that's a really good question. Um, I think that the most important thing that I've learned is that health and happiness are two different things, and your self image is not a reflection of your health; it's the reflection of your happiness. So. I can look into a mirror and I can see myself for what I am and be honest with myself, but if I'm not happy deep down, it's still not going to be a good self-image. So I've learned that not to really much depend on what other people think and more correspond with how I'm feeling. Um, If I'm satisfied in my goals and ambition and my drive, um, am I inspiring myself to do better in things? Am I, you know, truly happy? And then I find that my health follows right along with it. Mm-hmm. I, I love that distinction about the health and happiness. Ob- obviously feeding on each other but being two different things and right. and being very clear about which one you're sourcing for. Well, for, I, I know so many women um, that, you know, they'll post on Facebook, I'm so happy I lost 10 pounds. And in reality, I think that she lost the 10 pounds because she is happy. Because for me, I'm an emotional eater. If things aren't going good, I'm going to eat. <laughs> and mm. and I'm still going to do that. That's still my characteristics. But I'm going to choose a healthier diet. And then I'm going to also find out that, hey, it's probably a little bit healthier for me to, if I'm having a frustrated day, to go for a run or hit the gym or lift up some weights, you know, and that works just as well. So, and I feel a lot better after that as well. So, feeling better in turn will make me happier, and then it just so happens that it makes me look better too. <laughs> right. It, remi- it reminds me of a um, a case study in a book on uh, changing habits called Change Anything, where one of one of the one of their uh, their clients developed the skill of discernment, whereas before 
every negative feeling she had, she interpreted as hungry. Oh, yeah. And, exactly. and, she, and she had to learn that sometimes, you know, that bored is not the same as hungry, frustrated, angry, embarrassed, that all those don't necessarily mean the same thing as hungry. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. Mine used to be a lot of um, stress. I would have stress at work. So then I would tell myself, well, I deserve to have this beef tenderloin for dinner because I had a very stressful day at work. And and, and no, I don't. It's work. Everybody has a stressful day at work. <laughs> And then at that, how would I deserve to give myself an unhealthy lifestyle? Nobody deserves that. That's a punishment. So it's just a different way of looking at it. I still reward myself with, with good food, you know. I, I in particular, like mushrooms, which I never liked before going vegan. And now I love mushrooms. Well, some of the gourmet mushrooms can be a little pricey and, and not necessarily in my budget range. But if I do something really good, like complete a marathon, I'll treat myself to some wild mushroom risotto. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so, but, I mean, it's still healthy and it makes me happy. And, it, and in the long run, it makes me feel good. And that's what's most important. Yeah. So, so one one thing that really struck me about your story is that in you know in many ways it's sort of a uh, on the surface a straightforward before and after transformation, but in other ways it completely contradicts the narrative we have in this country about about weight and body image. In in that you know when you when you look at things like the biggest loser or magazines or tv talk shows there's there's a sense in which um if you don't have the perfect body you need to to motivate yourself through self-loathing right and it felt like from the very beginning you were motivating yourself through self-love does that does that seem right yeah it um it definitely seems right and you know, and I've I've spoken to Carly about this quite a bit, and it, it I think it's a trend with a lot of younger women, because we're raised to be confident individuals where it's okay to be a little bit, you know, larger. There's now the, you know, fat and sassy mentalities and the big and beautifuls, and whereas before girls were taught to hate their their body if they're overweight. Well, nowadays it's the exact opposite. They're being taught to be proud and stand tall and, you know, it's okay to be overweight. Well, in reality, you're trying to teach them to be self-confident and be okay with who they are, but nothing can cover up being unhealthy. And they don't realize how difficult their life is. So I'm hoping that the, the movie can show I was confident. I thought I was confident, that is. I was active. I was dating. You know, I had friends. I I had a great life. I was good in school. I was successful at work. And, you know, I wasn't sitting at home hating myself. But what motivated me to keep going on was that I felt better. I made very simple changes, and I immediately felt better. And it attacked every single negative aspect in my life. My stress management was better. My personality was more elevated. Um, just every aspect. I was sleeping better. I didn't need eight cups of coffee in the morning anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I didn't need that bottle of wine to go to, night, to, go to bed at night. So it's just, it, it was a change of thought. And I'm glad that you point out that, that it is a little bit different of a story, you know, because I was a happy person. And, I, and I'm even happier now, of course, but it wasn't that I was destitute, um, and sitting at home crying. 
Right. And, and you know, and something else, because, you know, the, the visuals of the movie are very much the before and after, the, t- the two photos of you. Um, there's a way in which our society in which we try to make the before picture as kind of gross as possible. Like, you know, bad lighting, bad clothes, bad background, and then, you know, you're toned, you're tanned, your hair's done, you've got makeup on, you know, for the, and it's a way of saying that the before person is really something to be ashamed of, something to be embarrassed by, something you'd rather forget except that it's useful for for marketing purposes but when when i look at those two pictures right you just came back from running a marathon which i think is amazing but i'm less impressed by you today than by the 350 pound you that went into the gym for the first time and tried to do a plank like that person i can't even i can't even imagine the courage and fortitude and and self-will that that person showed. It's you know, it's almost like, like they're the hero. Oh, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that a lot. And what's funny is that I I have those same feelings. I used to say when I went into the gym and you know, and I was 350 pounds, and you know, I would go through the same workouts that these other people in the gym were doing, and they're just flying through it, and I'm literally dying. Like, <laughs> just every part of my body was hurting. And it clicked. I was just like, this is why people my size end up not working out is because it's so difficult and it's so disheartening. You're literally walking into a space where you are about to be the worst person in the room. You're not going to achieve at this. You're not going to be successful. You're not going to – nobody's going to turn and be like, hey, that's really good. Look at her go. No, it is bad. You struggle through everything. You fall down. You make a fool out of yourself. You sweat all over the place. It's not glamorous. It's not nice. But you just have to force yourself to do it. And I can tell why, you know, certain people will start exercise regimes. They go for a few weeks, and then they're like, I'm never going back because it's so embarrassing and it's so difficult. And, I, you know, just simple exercises like a lunge. I couldn't do that at that time. And I would see all these other people doing it, and, and, you know, there's no way to do it at all. And then what's really funny in a roundabout story is that this weekend, you know, I was, you know, part of the end trail finishing the marathon. It had a seven-hour time limit, and I scraped by by six minutes. And <laughs> and But then I looked at the guys that finished it in two and a half hours, and I wanted to be like, you guys only did two and a half hours worth of work. Yeah. I, I just did this for seven hours. Like, come on. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it definitely comes all around for sure. But in, in reality, they, they challenge their body just as hard as I did. So <laughs> it, it is interesting, though. I, I, I like how you, you've pointed out that those before pictures, it's normally somebody frowning and that they look absolutely miserable i remember when all my before pictures were taken i was smiling and and that we had commented they were like you're smiling in all your before pictures i was like well i hope i'm smiling in my after pictures too (laughs) i I hope so 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 what were you thinking during the before pictures did you have like a vision of of success did you think it was going to be 200 pounds did you did you imagine you know bikini body miss america like what were what were your what were your assumptions your realistic and fantasy assumptions about what after was going to look like i will be completely honest and say that when i first interviewed with carly 
he sounded like an awesome guy. And I thought in my head, you know, what do I have to lose? You know, I'm, I've, you know, might as well give it a shot. What, what exactly do I have to lose? And, you know, and he knew from the get-go, he was like, you're going to be successful. You're going to lose all this weight. You're going to do all And I kind of, you know, in the back of my head, I was like, okay, Mr. Trainer Man, whatever. Like, <laughs> I know these stories. And But then the first week, I lost 17 pounds. And the second week, I lost 10 pounds. And at the end of that second week, he asked me, he was like, how are you feeling? And I was like, I'm sore everywhere. And he's like, no, how are you really feeling? And how are you sleeping? And when was the last time you yelled at one of your employees at work? And how is your organizational skills? And is your brain, my brain got super sharp and really detail-oriented and just every aspect of my life got completely better. And at that point, I was all in. I was like, yes, we will lose this weight. I'm I'm in. I get it. Like, yes. And that was when I was hooked and completely sold on it. And before those two weeks, I was like, whatever, we're losing some weight. I'm sure it'll all come back, you know. <laughs> so I had my depth at the beginning. And I think anybody that enters into a, a small independent film would as well. But uh-huh. after those two weeks, I, I was hooked and I, d- I don't say that I ever really had those bikini body dreams, but I did start to realize that I could achieve a lot more than what I was already achieving. So wh- what made you agree to be part of the film? I, you, you must have known that it was going to pry in some ways, that it was going to make a public, uh, you know, make a lot of things that maybe you were embarrassed about public. Um, to be honest, I was always an open book and, um, I, I was never really shy. I was always just the person that would, you know, I I would make fun of myself before somebody else did. So I was very open and honest with everybody. Um, I didn't cover up much. And then throughout the filming, I was starting to realize what the film was all going to entail and where we were going with it. And I immediately started to get feedback locally from women that had been motivated. And that was when it started to click with me. The more open and honest I am, the more motivation I can give to somebody else. And it also clicked with me, the whole trend of, you know, being big and beautiful and not hating yourself for being overweight, and, but that we can change that and that you can be happy no matter whatever your size is, but you'll be a lot happier if you're healthy as well. And knowing that I that I might be able to change one person's eating habits or motivate somebody to go just a tad faster on the treadmill, that was what hooked me and got me through the whole entire film. And, I, you know, there was parts in it that were embarrassing, but I had to remind myself that it's those embarrassing moments that somebody will say, that happened to me as well. And it and it's nice to get them all out in the open so that everybody knows what happens in a daily life as a as an obese person. It's not glamorous or it's not nice and it's a very hard, difficult life to live. Mhm. So at at what point um did you feel like, you know what, I'm not going to put this weight back on? Like I you know, a lot of us will start a diet or we'll go to, we'll join a gym or start something 
And we had the experience of, of yo-yoing, of doing it for a while, but it's not sustainable, right? It's something heroic. And certainly your initial two weeks would, would fall under that definition of heroic, like doing something totally different than you've ever done. When did it become clear to you that this was not no longer heroic, but just something that could be part of your life on an ongoing basis? After the first week. All right. I didn't do anything that out of the ordinary. I changed the way that I eat, and I started exercising. Really? After, it, was, it didn't, it didn't yeah. feel extraordinary? It just No. It was actually really exciting to me because I had – a whole new palette of food to work with. I work in the food and beverage industry, so I've always considered myself kind of a foodie. Um, so all of a sudden, I've got all these new ingredients, and I got new recipes, and I was really excited about getting in the kitchen and cooking new things and not just my go-to basics. And it was really exciting, and I immediately started to feel better that I knew I can do this daily. Like, this is something that is a lifestyle for me. It's yeah, and then after that first week, I, I definitely knew that I could maintain this and, and keep this up. Okay, so there, there were two basic aspects to to the to your transformational program. There was food and exercise. Now, okay. there's there's it's common knowledge that exercise is a good thing and it's a it's kind of a best practice. But in terms of a plant based, a whole food plant based diet. Was was that a new concept to you? Did you take to it right away? Were you doubtful? Where were you around that? Um, I just was open-minded and willing to try everything. I had heard about it before. Um, I definitely knew what a, a vegan diet was. I had to learn what a whole foods plant-based diet is. Um, typically, I think that people think of vegan, they think of, you know, Boca burgers and tofu patties, and, and that is not necessarily the plant-based diet that that is what made me feel the best. But Carly took me shopping, taught me quite a few different recipes. We started having vegan Iron Chef battles that are shown in the movie um, because he, too, likes to cook. And then with me working in a kitchen, we're just competitive by nature, so we had to compete against one another, (laughs) um, which he still reigns as the vegan Iron Chef. So... (laughs) He's still the best, but um, I definitely took to it. It, I I loved it. It wasn't anything that was that difficult. I was able to identify some of the flavors that I would crave and substitute other things for it, Um, and that was, you know, the immediate fix for it, but then as the filming went on, I started to realize that I craved certain things because of certain emotions and that I could replace those cravings with healthier cravings. Um, For instance, I grew up on the beach. I used to go fishing with my dad, and it was the best time of my life. I loved every bit of, you know, Sunday morning fishing with my dad. Well, then once I went to a plant-based whole foods diet, I had um, seafood cravings, and I didn't know where the seafood cravings were coming from. Well, there's a commonly known seafood seasoning called Old Bay seasoning. I'm sure you've had it before. Mm -hmm. I started to put Old Bay seasoning onto popcorn that I popped or roasted potatoes or I would sprinkle it on the top of black beans and it would satisfy my craving for seafood without actually having to have the seafood. But then I also would realize 
I was craving that seafood because I was having a happy moment in my life. And in my past, when I had happy moments was when I was fishing with my dad and and we ate seafood. So there was a food association that went along with that craving. And I was not only able to identify the flavor that I was craving, but also the emotion that I was craving. And I think that a lot of people are emotional eaters. You just have to associate the food with a healthier aspect of it. Mm. And uh, it, it sounds like that both both of those skills, the substitution or the figuring out that the flavoring was important and figuring out that there was an emotional component, that there, there, these both of these additional awarenesses um, gave you capabilities across the board. Yeah, and, and I, looking back at it, it's probably why a lot of people fail at their diet is because they don't realize why they're eating a certain way. We've Everybody's had the Weight Watchers meals and, and things like that, and you'll eat them, and they may or may not work for you, but if they don't taste good and if you don't associate it with a great time in your life, it's not going to work for you. So for me, it was something that I was able to incorporate into my daily life, and nowadays I know um, there's a bean soup that Carly introduced me to after his brother ran his first marathon and you know it was a celebratory dinner and now I always associate that soup with a celebratory time much like you would associate um, turkey with Thanksgiving you know and and it gives you that nice warm feeling deep down oh it's Thanksgiving time and you know so I associate high-priced mushrooms with running a marathon (laughs) I mean, and, and it's that deep down warm feeling again. So. Right, and the ability to create our own conscious connections and cravings is, you yeah. know, we, we're, we're, we're now, you know, in charge of the brain. We're not just like a gnat on top of the elephant. Yeah, and, and it's very empowering to realize that you think and act a certain way based on something else and that you're not just floating through life like it it was very riveting to be able to figure out why I did certain things and not just go along with the flow anymore so mm. so um I'll ask about your friends and family um did did relationships change in any way did people sort of drop out of your life and get replaced when you know in some ways you became a different person Yes. Um, My friends, unfortunately, changed very drastically, and Carly had kind of given me a warning about it because Carly and I built a very strong friendship throughout our, our year of training, and to this day, we are very close friends. And he had kind of warned me during the time he had met some of my friends, and he kind of had warned me that they might become what we called haters and that they might not always be so supportive of some of the changes and um, and that I shouldn't take it personally and that it's actually just a poor reflection of themselves and not of me. And I did um, lose quite a few friends as I was losing weight because I was no longer the girl that went to the bar for all-you-can-eat chicken wing night. <laughs> I was instead, you know, running races in the morning and working on local organizations for charity runs and you know I was just a a busier um, person in a different aspect and I wasn't 
all about the unhealthy lifestyle anymore, and in turn, it made it seem like they were unhealthy and they didn't want to face that. So I did have some negative repercussions because of that. We lost, I lost some friends, but at the same time, I was making so many more new friends that were into a healthier lifestyle and 10 times more supportive that it was okay. Um, but nobody nobody likes to lose friends for sure. So it, it was it was difficult at times. There was some not-so-nice things said and, um, you know, trouble at the workplace and, you know, but at, at the end, you know, I'm healthy and happy. So, and I have a great group of friends now. So, Did, did any of your friends, your old friends, surprise you at some point? Maybe, um, you know, be inspired or, or admit to some, to some threat or came back later to say, you know, I'm sorry, I, I couldn't handle it? Um, yes, I I I was friends with somebody f- for a long time, and they had some negative things to say. And you know, they said you're losing weight too fast. Are you sure that this plant-based whole foods diet is healthy for you? I think that you're starving yourself. And <laughs> and I was like, trust me, I'm eating ten times more now than I ever have, and <laughs> I'm I'm healthy and happy. I'm not starving, and nobody's forcing me to do anything. And you know, they came back, you know, a year later and apologized for it, and they said, you know, congratulations, you look really healthy and happy. But I think that that's common, you know, when you see somebody make a drastic change in their life and, you know, friends would be concerned. So so before we go, I want to ask you about uh, Carly, who is the, you know, the, the producer of the film and your trainer. On the surface, you guys are pretty different you know, he was sort of this, you know, macho trainer, had been to prison, um, and and yet throughout the you know the way the movie's done, there is there are a lot of similarities, at least on a metaphorical level, in your story. Do you feel like when you met him that he got you, even though he might not have had any of the the concrete experiences that you had had as a child? He definitely understood what I was going through a lot more than other people had. Um, and how, how, and could he you, had, how could you tell? Well, a few weeks in, he, he told me, you know, right away when we, when we met, he, he had told me about his history just so that I didn't find out from anybody else, you know, and, and he, you know, even said, he was just like, I hope that you're still comfortable with this. And I, I was like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what you've done in the past. And, and to be honest, it kind of um, motivated me to be more open and honest with him because he was so open and honest with me. And I also knew that he had been through a major life change and that I was about to go through a major life change as well. And that change is not a scary thing. It can be very welcoming and positive change is always for the best. And so I I think it bonded us a little bit closer um, just because he was open and honest. And I I understood that, you know, I didn't need to hide any emotions around him. He's been through a lot. <laughs> I didn't, you know, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I I think that it made us a little bit closer knowing his past. So was was there a time at at any point during the the whole process or the making of the movie or your transformation where you were just fed up with him? 
I um, I think that uh, yes, of course, <laughs> everybody has bad days, especially in the gym. Um, <laughs> and and I looked at him one time, and and I think that we were doing something that required you know some sort of exercise that a normal person could do, but that I couldn't do. And you know, and he looked at me, and he's like, I know that this is hard. And I just snapped back, and I was like, you have no idea how hard this is for me. You've never been this weight. And, you know, because it's always so easy for, you know, a macho fit trainer to say, just jump a little bit higher. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, you you jump a little bit higher with 300 pounds on you, you know, and you want to snap back at it. And uh, he he stopped me, and he goes, okay, stop. He goes, explain to me what this feels like. And he asked me, you know, he's like, what does this feel like? Tell me. This is the only way that I'll know. Tell me what this feels like and we'll learn together. You know, and I think that it was, you know, jumping rope. And when you are that heavy, there is a lot of mass on your body. And jumping is just something that is not pleasant to do. And it wasn't until, you know, I was able to explain it to him that he, he got it, you know, and he made different changes to our workouts because of that. He he knew a lot already, and he def- the experience that he has definitely shined through the training that he gave me. But if the day that I that I snapped and I was like, "You have no idea what this is like," he you know he just pulled me aside and said, "Well, let's explain it to me." And, and I don't think that we worked out for much more than ten minutes that day because it you know I I I took some time out and he really wanted to know what I was feeling and what I was going through. And I think that that was a very important day for us um, because, you know, I had been getting tired and, you know, you wake up sore every day and you, at first you like it. You're like, oh, yay, I'm sore. I did some work in the gym. And <laughs> then then after a while you're like, when am I going to be able to walk again without it hurting? <laughs> so it was it was nice that he took some time out to realize that. Right, and I'm and I'm thinking about um, the tra- the trailer he put out for I guess another a project after after Unsupersize Me, where he's uh, working with a man, and yeah. he puts on a I guess a weight vest mm-hmm. to the to go running. Pounds. So so yeah. it seems it seems like he learned that from you. <laughs> um, what 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 else do you think? How how else was was Carly transformed? by your work together. It's clear to see how you were. What about him? Gosh, it's hard to speak for him. Um, I know that he definitely has a much better understanding of how people think and how people change. I think that a little bit at the beginning, Carly associated weight and um, healthiness along with happiness. Um, So then to see my changes, he realizes that, you know, happiness comes from within, but it can motivate healthiness, um, and that the two work hand in hand, Um, because there was times, you know, that in the middle of the filming of the project, I had, you know, lost 130 pounds, and then I lost a really good friend. I'm not going to be happy, you know, that's just not going to be a good day, and he would look at me, and he's like, how could you not be happy with what you've done? You've lost 130 pounds. And I looked at him, and I I told him, I was like, I'd take all the weight back if I had a friend back. And then it sunk in, you know, that, you know, weight, that number on the scale does not designate how happy you are. 
So I think that he he definitely learned and solidified that a little bit more, um, and that you know he just continues to succeed. He he has so many different projects going on, so that definitely motivates me as well. Um, but I think that he gained a better understanding of how heavy people work and what motivates us. Um, I know that just through his personal training and through you know, working out on my own, he he knows how to cater his personal training to somebody that's heavy. He cannot give me a whole bunch of very difficult exercises to do because I will feel like a complete failure by the end of the day. So he'll throw in a few things that I'm really good at and that I like to do, along with a few challenging things at the same time. So mm. I'm hope I'm hoping that he learned all of that. <laughs> So what? Yeah, but, uh, um, it just occurred to me that I would love to have a scale that I step on in the morning and it tells me how wise and compassionate I am rather than <laughs> how much right. I weigh. I think we all yeah. would. <laughs> but um, if you know, I'm imagining me doing what he did and being a trainer, and I think the biggest challenge for me, assuming I had his chops and his skills and his motivational ability, the biggest challenge for me would not to get my ego confused with your success. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know, you lost 130 pounds, then you, you lost a friend, and maybe you gained back three pounds. I would find it very hard not to be sort of personally invested and, and muddying things up with my own needs. How, how did he deal with that from your perspective? I mean, I don't think that that was ever really an issue between either one of us. Um, because I knew that as the as the project was continuing, um, I was getting a lot of positive feedback, and everybody was telling me how awesome I was and what a great deal I was doing, and you're kicking butt, you know. And I would always try to make a point to say, "There's no way I could do this without Carly. You know, there's no way that I could have done this." Whereas, and and he didn't mind. He loved to see me get positive feedback, but. You know, very few people were like, Carly, you kicked butt on her. Like, way to go. <laughs> they all were like, Tracy, you're awesome. <laughs> and I'm uh-huh. like, no, guys, I couldn't have done it without Carly. Like, give him some credit. <laughs> so I just don't I don't see his ego coming into a play at all. He's, he was so humbled and um, gracious throughout the whole entire thing. And sometimes I felt like I took um, more credit than he did. So... Um, his ego just never really came into play by by all means. It was it was great. Um, That's quite and a then, gift. Yeah, and then you know he he always made sure. Like I think I was more concerned with his feelings sometimes with mine. If I had a bad weigh in, I was always concerned that you know he put in all this hard work for me and I didn't show results and I would feel really bad and I was like I'm so sorry <laughs> he's like stop worrying about it like it's okay like we'll just get it next week you know uh huh I guess there's the way in that that easy faith was actually motivating that uh, yeah that exactly. he knows everything's going to be fine so then you you accept that yeah exactly so. Because if not, I would have worried myself to death. <laughs> I'm such a worrywart. So, but he he would say he was like, "Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it." Because the first hundred pounds came off in the first three and a half months. 
I had lost the first 100 pounds. It was like it fell off of me. I could definitely tell that my body did not want to have that weight on at all. And then it took the rest of the year to, to lose the next 100 pounds. So that was when it was a little bit tougher and it was a little bit more of a struggle. And I had to, you know, change up cardio and change up what I was eating. And, you know, I, I had to think about it a lot more. The first three months was easy. So I thought, well, this is a cakewalk. I'm going <laughs> like, I'm gonna drop this weight really quickly. So then when I started to struggle, I would look at him and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm doing everything. And he's like, don't worry. It's going to happen. Don't worry. Great. <laughs> um, so you um, are well known in a lot of circles because of the movie. Um, you're, you've just run a marathon. You, your life hasn't changed, you know, tr- like tremendously. You still have a job. You still have to worry about, you know, affording gourmet mushrooms. What's, uh, <laughs> but, but in some ways you've become a very, um, public icon for, for this kind of, of heart-based fitness and, and plant-based transformation. What, what are you doing sort of in the field to help spread the word aside from the movie? Oh, what a great question. Um, this year, I'm, I'm very goal-oriented. So um, this year, my New Year's resolution, well, last year, was to get more active in the community and to give back a little bit. Um, I felt like I had gotten my health and well-being under control um, and that it was time to get back out there. So we have some public speaking appearances for the Unsupersized Me film where um, we just do question and answer sessions where I'm just an open book and I'm on a stage and people can ask me whatever questions they want to ask. And and I try to give back and be as open and honest as I possibly can um, to a certain extent. <laughs> I've been asked some questions that are, are not answered, but <laughs> for the most part I'm normally open and honest. Um, and th- that's very rewarding to me as well to have a complete stranger come up to me after watching the movie and, you know, ask a certain question and then say, I think I can do this. Thank you. Like, you've motivated me. Like, oh, that's the best feeling in the world. I've also gotten involved with an international organization called Girls on the Run. Um, They normally have a local branch in every town. And basically they go into school systems and they take younger girls that are looking at to be at risk for being unhealthy and unhappy. And they teach them to be strong-willed, independent um, girls. They also, at the end, they complete a 5K, but the running is such a small aspect of it. It's it's mainly more geared towards, um, you know, teaching the girls to identify with themselves, um, being strong, content, self-confident young women, um, and and in turn, those are the young women that intentionally you know choose an authentic and a healthy lifestyle. So I've gotten involved in that organization as well, which is very motivating for me as well because I think that if an organization like that was around when I was younger, I probably would have been a little bit more active as a child. Hmm. Right. It's almost like you're uh, like the airplane. Instructions. So once you have your own uh, oxygen right. mask on, help those around you. Exactly. <laughs> I'm trying. Okay. So now you said earlier that you're you're a foodie. Um, has that um, has that passion translated into um, 
plant-based stuff? Are you, you know, recipes and and stuff like that? (laughs) It has. I do write a recipe blog. Um, It's called Unsupersize Me by zenfitness.wordpress.com. And I update it um, pretty regularly with some recipes. I try to keep things seasonal, local, uh, so that you can, you know, go straight to your local farmer's market and buy the ingredients. I like to use as simple of recipes as possible. Carly and I had kind of coined a term called simplicity recipes where it was five ingredients or less, but it was based on a lot of flavor and nutrients so that it was a plant-based whole food diet that was flavorful. A lot of people think that plant-based whole foods means that it tastes like the cardboard that it comes in, <laughs> and that is just not the case. Um, I've also, it's completely made me flourish at work as well. Um, I, I work in catering. I'm a director of catering. And this year, last year, I think I had eight different events that were vegan, and this year I have 32 events on my books that are completely vegan. So people are seeking out to have vegan catering done, um, which is Amazing, you know that somebody's willing to do that for their wedding. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, so, and I'm still a foodie. I know that when I travel, the first thing I'm looking at is you know healthy restaurants in town, and I, I have to try them all. <laughs> Even if I just go in and get their menu to look at different flavor combinations, and I've got to do it. <laughs> nice. Uh, one of the things I'm just looking at the blog now, the. Um the tagline is how I will lose 200 pounds. So this, this blog started not as a fait accompli, but as you're chronicling the process itself. Yes. When I first started that blog, it was halfway through the filming and I was starting to reach that emotional, um, breakdown point where I didn't know what was going on and there were so many changes and I didn't I didn't know what to do and Carly had recommended journaling and he gave me a, a, a notepad and he was like write down some of your emotions and and then I was like it, it's in year 2000 we don't write down anything we, we blog it yeah. <laughs> so I started writing a blog to kind of go over some of my emotions and so that I had a record for myself of where I had been and what I had do, done and Um, different feelings that I was feeling along the way. And I originally created that blog just as a private blog that only me and a few friends would be able to read. And then I got to the point where I felt a lot better and I was a lot more stable and had figured out some emotional barriers that I had. And then it was all about the food. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I decided to start it more as a recipe blog and open it up to the public and now I've got quite a few followers that don't mind telling me when I have not blogged in a few weeks. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten a few emails already that's like, when is the next blog coming out? And I've responded back. I'm like, I was running a marathon. <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> so I'm going to need to post a blog very soon. There, there's one post from early on. It was October 31st, so almost exactly, uh, I guess, three or three or four years ago. Okay. Uh, um, where you are writing about you've lost 167 pounds and you end it by saying something that I find remarkable. You say, I will fully admit that I'm too lazy to carry that beast around ever again. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's funny, but yeah. it feels really profound to, to, to see your taking on the word lazy 
and giving it a totally new meaning that all that all of a sudden you know be going back to that you know uh-uh. I, is, I, I is because you're lazy now like you weren't lazy then carrying around an extra 167 pounds you were working hard to kind of totally turn that stereotype of fat people as lazy on its head that felt it felt very empowering for me to read that from you Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. It's, I mean, it's, it's true. Being that heavy, there's nothing lazy about it. Life is hard. Every ounce of your body hurts at every time you go through so many challenges. I mean, I would explain to my friend, I was just like, when, when you went to the grocery store, did you think about where you parked? No, I just found the, the closest spot, they would say. Okay, well, I would circle around a parking lot for 10, 15 minutes to try to find the absolute closest spot because it was such a challenge to walk from my car into the grocery store mm. and to bring groceries out, you know? And that's something that I don't think about at all anymore. I could run to the grocery store if I wanted to. Like, I just don't, I just don't think about it. But if I was to have to carry that weight around, I would, I would be too lazy to do it. There would be no way that I could ever do it ever again. There's just, I, I wouldn't, I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, Right. Well, you know, if anyone anyone who has a, a you know a pet who carries like a a couple of you know forty pound bags of pet food from the car, like yeah. I think about where I park in front of the pet store. <laughs> I I had um I had a goal that for every fifty pounds I was going to get a tattoo to remind myself of the weight, and I was about five pounds away from one of the fifty pound tattoos, and you know I had a week where I was struggling, and somebody made me carry around. A 45 pound weight and he and he said he was just like just walk around the block and I was like just walk around the okay fine I'll and halfway through that block I was like this is the heaviest weight in the world <laughs> he's like you used to carry this around a few months ago what's your problem now and I'm like I don't it's so heavy I was like take it back I don't want it so and, it, and it's 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 interesting to try to think of it that way because a lot of people will lose 10 you know 10 20 pounds and then not even realize it, but 10, 20 pounds, it's such a big difference, you know. You try carrying around a 20-pound dumbbell all day, it's its heavy. It is heavy for sure. Carly found that out with that 400-pound weight vest trying to run. He just ran a quarter mile, and Carly is training for his own marathon right now, so um, he he only ran a quarter mile with that weight <laughs> weight vest on, and he said he was like it was horrible. <laughs> Worst thing in the world. Cool. Well, Tracy, I'm so happy that we had this conversation. As I said, I've been looking forward to this for so long, and I'm, um, I'm so, you know, like everyone else, I am so inspired by you, by your journey, by the public courage and the and the private courage uh, of introspection and honesty that it took. And I just want to thank you, on behalf of everyone who will ever hear this, for uh, for sh- for sharing such a gift with the world. Oh, well, and I appreciate being able to share it, knowing that, you know, somebody might listen to this and be motivated to make some changes. It just motivates me to do better and keep on going. I mean, in turn, their motivation is my motivation. So I appreciate the opportunity to share my story. Well, again, thank you so much. And um, I look forward to talking with you again soon, hearing about your next marathon and uh, (laughs) seeing uh, your next uh, marathon tattoo. (laughs) Well, I will talk to you soon. All right. Take care. (laughs) Bye.